Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 44 the rock podcast for those about to pod, we salute you. In this episode, we begin a new feature, the A to Z of rock. Yay! We have recent rock news. We've got book club of rock. Do rock on the block. Hidden gem time, of course. But without further ado, here he is. The amazing, the almighty, the adventurous. Here's Brian. What a brilliant build-up. And then you go, here's Brian. <laughs> I know, it was supposed to be like that. How uh, are you, Matthew? A. We're, at, we're at A. We're going to be at A for the A to Z of rock. We're going we're to do them in order, Brian. We're not going to mess All them right, out okay. like we did with the years. We're going to do them sequentially, alphabetically even. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, how are you? How are you doing? I'm you good, right? mate. I'm good, mate. It's uh, good. lots good. going on in the world of rock and roll. There is, indeed. Um, so, should we start? I in, think we should. Um, we normally go off, off piste fairly quickly, but today, because we've got lots of cram in, we're going to start with rock news and some sad news. Yes, Gary Rossington, the last founding member of Leonard Skinner, passed away um, this month. Um, sad news. Um, the band uh, are continuing on at the moment. I know they were playing some gigs this week. Damon yeah. Johnson um, has been sitting in with the band. So, yeah, really sad news. And um, yeah, Gary Rossington, a, a lot of people uh, coming out and saying what a fantastic, first of all, songwriter he was. And then when you look at all of the guitar parts, um, Freebird, his, his slide solo on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sad news. And I suppose end of an era for Skinnerd. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I guess if you are a, a, you know, in a way, a Leonard Skinner purist, you're hanging on to the fact that Gary Rossington was the last of the uh, founding members. And sadly, uh, they've had a, they've had a very tragic past, Leonard Skinner, from the um, the air crash in 1977 through to various um, mishaps and. Um, uh, uh, let's say early early deaths of various members over the years for in various situations. Um, in a way, you know, as I say, Gary Rossington was uh, what he was the last of the, the as you say the last of the founding members, and now he's gone. Um, I guess there's Rick, Ricky Medlock is still in the band. He was there between I think 1970 and 72 or something. Started it as a drummer, didn't it? Wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't there for the you know the iconic you know first few albums of course but um i guess we've still got ricky medlock as part of the band but, but yeah sad news and um you know again we've we've said this many times 71 i mean relatively young by comparison um and uh, of course the lifestyle probably played a part with all you know with all due respect but um yeah as you say an end of an era and an era. uh you know, sad news. And another era that uh, coming to a close, um, a band that our good friend, Johnny, Johnny's yes. listening to us, Saxon's guitarist and co-founder, Paul Quinn, has decided to step back from Turin after 48 years of Turin. So uh, Paul, put a, Paul put a statement out. I'm saying that he, he still remains a member of the band. I just he's gonna just take a a step back from touring. So, 48 years on the road with his wheels of steel and his denim and leather. Yeah, and you know you can you can understand it um, as you say. Been in the band since 1975. Oh my goodness! You were you, were you at university then? <laughs> you started university. I was just starting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just starting. <laughs> You're 15 years at university. <laughs> um, I have a theory as to who may replace Paul Quinn as the touring guitarist of Saxon. Would you like me to share it with you? Um, can I guess first? Go on then. Guess. Sam Wood. No. Because. <laughs> I'll tell you who it might be. So I saw Saxon uh, a few months ago now uh, with Diamond Head opening for them and Brian Tatler came on 
Brian Tatler's the guitarist from Diamond Head, for those who don't know. And he did um, Denim and Leather, the song Denim and Leather with him. And Biff at the time said that Brian Tatler had learnt the entire set um, because there was a potential that Paul Quinn, who had COVID at the time, may not be able to complete the tour and Brian would be able to step in. So when I heard this news about Paul Quinn, I thought, well, maybe Brian, not you, Brian, Mm-hmm. Although you're a pretty decent guitarist. I mean, you're not, not great, but you're okay. Um, as we've established. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, maybe Brian Tatler could be the, the touring guitarist. Who knows, of course. But that's just my own personal little theory based on that uh, uh, one-off situation in the gig uh, back at the town and the roundhouse in whatever it was, September, October last year. There you go. You heard it, you heard here, it here first. first. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth. Ah, and talking about changing uh, or, or getting drummers and bands, if you can remember, um, when we were talking about Mr. Big in the last episode, yeah. uh, obviously um, I had my ear well to the ground thinking, you know, could the new Mr. Big drummer be, you know, he's going to be a great singer. I was, I was, <laughs> that's Mike Portnoy. I, Mike Portnoy, <laughs> surely we all thought. Yeah, uh, but remember I thought it might have been Dean Castronova because he, he was a great singer. Yeah, and of course, I was completely off kilter. My radar was completely off. And mm. your, your drum dar. Yes. Who, my drum dar. So, mm. who is the new drummer, Matthew? You're, drum you're only asking me because it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Nick de Virgilio, I think Excellent. is how we're going to pronounce it. Nick de Virgilio is the new drummer uh-huh. of. Uh, at least the, the drummer for the Farewell gl- gl- World Tour, which hopefully include a date playing in London um, <laughs> on the World Tour. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm holding on to the fact that when the band uh, band announced that they were, they were going to be playing all around the world extensively mm. in venues that they loved, I too am hoping that it's not just a UK show in London. Well, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not, because they do deserve... I mean, the people in the UK, big, I mean, it's a, uh, there's a lot of Mr. Big fans out there. Do you think they might play that colliery, colliery, where you saw Graham Bonnet and, uh, <laughs> and was it Don Airy that time? Easington Colliery. Easington Colliery, that was it. It's come to me now. I think they're a little bit, I think the demand is a little bit higher for, for Mr. Big than it would be for Graham Bonnet and Don Airy. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I hope they play somewhere decent in in London, maybe a Brixton or a or a Hammersmith, because last couple of tours they played at the O twos. No, not even that. I think they played the uh, Shippensbridge Empire and also the Scala, I think, in uh, Camden. So um, things which are not big venues, particularly good venues, but not not that big. So um, hopefully they play someone somewhere. Um, a bit on the but Nick's large great. Side. I would say that Nick is an absolutely fantastic drummer. I've seen him. Uh, yeah, I've seen him with a band called Big Big Train, uh, which are more which are a progressive rock band in the kind of Genesisy mm-hmm. uh, yes uh, sort of molds. Very very uh, very very good drummer. I, I've not heard him sing, so if if they're saying that he can cover off the Pat Torpy bits, he must be. Very good singer indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking of gigs, I've been to a few recently. Um, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> went to see Those Damn Crows. I think I mentioned that in the last episode, uh, who were on their UK tour, headlining tour. And they were excellent. Um, playing lots of songs off the new album, Inhale, Exhale, which we talked about then and um, is currently my album of 2023 great album i think mm. we talked about it uh we we did talk about it in the last episode um the next night i went to back-to-back gigs brian it's, it's quite hard on the old body i tell you i went to see uh, a, an excellent rush tribute band called moving pictures oh, okay and they were on at the um the cart and horses which labels itself the birthplace of iron maiden it's a pub slash venue in the east end of london um but they were excellent. They, were, they did a career-spanning 
uh, tribute to Rush. Uh, tremendous musicianship and um, look forward to seeing them. And I'm going to that Rush convention up in uh, Glasgow. I think you'll think you're coming as well, aren't you, um, for indeed. a day or so? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, I saw three uh, relatively young, relatively new bands um, locally to me, which is uh, quite nice. I think we've got a cab there, actually, which is pretty good. Um, uh, three bands opened up by a band from the northeast called Thieves of Liberty. I said I'd give them a mention. Um, and then um, a band called The Howling Tides, and the headliner was a band called The Karma Effect. Now, I guarantee you'll hear of all of those three uh, in future. Three excellent bands, uh, great material, great musicianship, and hopefully a big future. And um, it was a great night. Excellent. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you see those sort of gigs come along, then um, please uh, go out and support them because, uh, trust me, these these guys, I mean, the guys from the northeast, Thieves of Liberty, had a very, very long drive down to the southeast and then back again to do a, uh, an opening 40 minutes um, in Oxted. So, um, again, give them your love when you, whenever they're out there. Uh, How about you, Brian? What's next? Um, I saw, um, talking about uh, ba- bands, I my new favourite venue in Scotland, I mm. went I went to the Barrowlands again. Um, really? Yes. Get, uh, get the, you getting out yes, there. Yes, uh, and I went to see the Scottish band called King King. Right. King King. Um, did wh- you go and see King King or did you just go and see Glenn Tilbrook and King King? Ah! Happened to be on the bill as well. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Busted were on the bill as well, no, weren't no, they? No. Hey. no, that would be an eclectic uh, lineup, wouldn't it? Busted. Uh, uh, thankfully, Matthew, off the top of my head, I can't think of a busted tune for us. <laughs> No. Maybe we should put it down as a hidden gem sometime. Boston, see what we'll, we can get away we'll with. We'll put something on the pod, on the uh, playlist. You're <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So actually, I did, Glenn Tilbrook was phenomenal. He was uh, just him, him and his acoustic guitar, and he played electric guitar just on his own. I think he did a brilliant version of "Don't You Want Me, Baby" by by the Human League. Oh, really? had, had the crowd singing that. Uh, he was in great form. Um, first time I've seen King King. At, headlining we saw mm. them play as support to europe down in brighton yes yeah, true yeah, yeah. And, and i thought they were really really good uh just mm. that white snaky melodic rock um mm. uh alan nemo who's uh, stevie nemo's brother they uh so both nemo brothers are now in king king um mm. um honestly the the vocals if you listen to king king and you listen to fm the 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 vocal performance of and you and I are both big massive fans of of uh, of Steve Overland, um, mm. but I have to say I was so impressed with Alan Nimmo's vocals. Uh, yeah, really, great really great singer. So uh, mm. that, that's probably been the only gig I've been to um, since we since we last recorded. But King King are out and about. But uh, yeah, Glenn Tilbrook still. Rocks. <laughs> did he do? Um, um, I guess he did plenty of squeeze songs. Of he course. did indeed. Yeah, he did. Black coffee in bed. Tempted, with mm. a lot of help from the crowd as well too. And he was trying. Oh. He also tried bluesing it up a bit. You know, like I'll do. You know, try and make it a bit more bluesier for the King King audience. But he went down brilliantly. Did he do my favourite squeeze song, "Up the Junction"? Uh of course he did. Yes. Ah, oh, fantastic. <sighs> That's, that's just that's just my excuse to stick that on the playlist. Fantastic. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. You got anything else for us, Brian? News-wise? News-wise, we talked about Jeff Beck yes. last episode. Very quickly out in the news, you know, Jeff Beck's estate and Eric Clapton. End of May. Um, I may be in London, Matthew. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe yeah, in my, there, yeah, there's two two nights have been announced. Star-studded tribute to Jeff Beck. So um, quite a lot of Jeff Beck's uh, peers, Rod Stewart, and so many great guitarists, Doyle Bramall, um, Derek Trucks, who are all coming to pay tribute to Jeff Beck. Um, and and the, the last one I'll finish off on was um, uh, uh, news. We haven't mentioned The Who in quite some time. Um, mm. but, uh, I was reading in the news that, uh, the, the, that, uh, 
Roger Daltrey was uh, desperate to have a go on a steam train. So uh, in order for an exchange for being allowed to have a go on a steam train, the WHO have actually agreed to play at a transport festival. Coming to you Fantastic. soon. <laughs> Fantastic. I thought that was hilarious. Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. So, yes, that's, uh, that's, that's all the latest, latest news, Matthew. Very good. Very good. So, Bri, a yes. new feature, new rock on the block. What have you got for us? Well, we have one of my favourite bands, a band mm-hmm. that has headlined old rambling man and some think it could be the headliner at made of stone festival extreme extreme have a new single called rise uh, Mm. from their forthcoming album extreme six it's been 15 years since their last studio release um fantastic single so you know me everybody you know how much I love Noonan Betancourt's guitar playing. He is all over it, his guitar playing. But I have to say, check out, when you listen to the vocals, mm. have a listen to who Gary Sharon sounds like. He sounds like, to me, maybe a well-known Sheffield vocalist who in the middle... No. Uh, uh, did, did, did any of them wear Union Jack... Underpants whilst they were gigging. Pillowkey. <laughs> Joe Elliott. That, it sounds like Dev, Le- Dev Lebbard's Joe Elliott. It does. It, he sounds oh, so okay. much like it's, but, but it's it's so well produced. So um, yeah, great great single from Extreme. Um, and in the I suppose we, <laughs> we we started the show off talking about Gary Rossington, and yes. uh, one of the. Uh, great, great bands who are playing that kind of lovely southern rock. Um, uh, you know, that Blackberry smoke, oh, Leonard Skinner type sound is Robert, John and the Wreck, who have a mm. new EP out released um, last week called One of a Kind. And it is fantastic. So go out, everybody, give it a listen. Um, great, great Oh, fantastic Hammond organ, great guitar playing, great singing. I'm gutted. Um, They played in Edinburgh not so long ago and I had other plans and I'd wish I'd gone to see Robert John and the Rex. So I know that they've been touring in the UK. Go and see them. They are incendiary live and their new EP is great. Yeah, they're... um they're one of those new up-and-coming bands. I think if you can see them now, you'll see them in relatively small venues before they um, get bigger and bigger. I say relatively new. They've had a few albums out. I think this is their... F- well, they've had f- four or five albums out. Um, Come At Me is the, uh, I think, lead-off song of that EP. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And, of course, one of the great songs of the last few years was um, Oh Miss Carolina, uh, which came out uh, a couple of years ago. So... Um, uh, which was um, which is a fantastic song. Couldn't get that one out of my head. Um, so yeah, good shout, Brian. Good shout. Another new feature, of course. <gasps> so many new features. I know. New years, new features. New year, new features. Of course. But we are into March. Oh, by the way, happy St Patrick's Day. Ah, thank you. Which is this week, of course. And to you. Oh, thank you. I do. I can actually uh, justifiably celebrate St Patrick's Day due to a very distant great grandmother on my mum's side, who grew up in uh, County Kerry. So um, yeah, the Guinness is on me, Bri. Um, where were we? So, um, Book Club of Rock. Ah, book what have you got for us? It's your turn. I you know. Read a book. Everybody, I'm, Brian read a book. I Yay. read a book. Hey, how fabulous! Or rather, am I? you've read you've read enough of it to be able to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very kind. So I check this out, Matt. For for those of you listen, for those of you listening on on the podcast, I am showing Matthew what yes. I re- what I received. So I I received a signed copy of this book wow. from, from the gentleman saying thanks. All of, all of the best. 
I didn't run it, I bought it. And I, I also got a card signed nice. as well too, which I could use as a bookmark as I read the book. How, how fantastic, fantastic is that? So the book that you made, no, no, no. It's uh, So the book that I am reading at the moment and I'm halfway through and it's a fantastic tome is mm. it is a book called Session Man. And Session Man is the story an autobiography of a gentleman called Phil Palmer. Do you know who Phil Palmer is, Matt? I do not. Okay. Know. Well, here, here, here's where I am here to help. Phil Palmer is the nephew of two gentlemen we're going to be talking about later on, the Davises. Oh, really? Ray and Dave Davis. Kinks. Yep. Yeah so, right. yeah, so Phil Palmer is well-known British rock sideman and session guitarist. Um, he's probably best known for his work with Eric Clapton and Dire Straits. So in Dire Straits' last tour, uh, he, was the, he was the second guitarist in Dire Straits. It's a fantastic book. If you want to know the, the life of a of a, a young man who loves the guitar, gets into, you know, wanting to play guitar for a living in the 70s, um, around around the whole session scene, you know, trying to hustle a gig. In a, and, he's, and he played with everybody from the Pet Shop Boys. He had a long-standing working relationship with, with, uh, uh, with George Michael. He played with Tina Turner. He's been on tour. It's a real insight into um, uh, his life on the roads and in sessions. And he's, we've probably talked about this in, in earlier shows, Matt. Do you remember when Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and Stevie Ray Vaughan was on tour with Eric Clapton and they were playing Red Rocks Festival. And it was that kind of Buddy Holly a situation where sadly Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and members of Eric Clapton's entourage actually were were killed in a helicopter. Mm. Phil Palmer could have been on the on the helicopter that wow. expired, and only with with Steve Froney, the drummer, I should say, and Eric Clapton's band said, "No, no, no! Why don't you travel with me, Phil?" Phil left his bag on the um, on the fated helicopter and went on a different mm. one. So it's a great yeah. read. Um, I, as, mm. as a guitarist, not a very good one. Um, no. To read about Phil Palmer, uh, it's a really, really good read. So I recommend it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I picked up my copy on eBay and it's quite reasonable as well too. UK, $14.99. Very good. Mm. Very good a bargain. Also, Brian, talking of books, of course, we do have a copy of uh, The Lives of Brian by Brian Johnson of ESC DC. <laughs> and also a, uh, for those about pub, we salute you, mug to give away to anyone, anyone who donates to Ch- Shelter, which is our charity of uh, March in the UK. Shelter is um, uh, works with homeless people and also looks to provide um, uh, good housing for uh less privileged folks in society. So um, please go to our Facebook page, donate wherever you can, and you go into the drawer to receive either the book or the mug. So, Brian, that brings us to our new feature. So we ran out of years last time in uh, My Year in Rock. Oh, I used to enjoy My Year in Rock. I did as well. Yeah, It means we don't have to talk about university anymore. That's true, actually. (laughs) Although I still find an, <laughs> an excuse to do that. Um, so our new feature is the A to Z of rock. And where better to start than, of course, the letter A. Wow. Yes. As I said at the, uh, at the outset, we're doing this in alphabetical order. <laughs> Not a mess about because it's very, very difficult to track otherwise. So A is for... Of course, we have to start with the greatest rock band, arguably, there's ever been. Formed in 1973 by the Young Brothers oh. in Sydney, Australia. By Malcolm Angus Young. It is, of course, the aforementioned ACDC. 
Are you a fan of ACDC, Brian? Do you like ACDC? I, I love ACDC. I thought the way in which you were building this up, Matt, you were going to go, you know, Australian band. I thought you were going to say mm. Air Supply. Air Supply, yeah. That, well, they, were, <laughs> they were on my list. <laughs> Potential. But that's in our sister podcast of For, for yeah. Those About To for those about to Yacht Rock. <laughs> exactly, yeah. ACDC formed in, as I say, formed in 1973. I mean, they, they were, in a, in a way... The archetypal kind of pub rock band, yeah, uh, back in the back in the seventies, um, and then uh, really started to get kind of global um, presence with um, their uh, seminal albums: um, High Voltage, Dirty Deeds, Stun Dirt Cheap, Power Age, of course, is an absolute <laughs> killer album. The live album. Um, if you want blood, you've got it. I think it should be in everyone's collection. In fact, every ACDC album should probably be in every, everyone's collection. And of course, as we've as we've mentioned many times, uh, after the sad uh, death of Bon Scott in 1980, Brian Johnson uh, joined and they recorded Back in Black, which to my mind is probably the, the greatest rock album there's ever been. It's the second biggest selling album of all time after Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um over 50 million, 50 million. You and I would be happy to sell 50 copies of an album, 50 million copies of Back in Black and Counting. And I think most people have probably got that in their collection. And one thing that strikes me about ACDC, I haven't been to loads of their gigs over the years, um, starting in 1981 at uh, Donington Monster Rock, is that they're, they're the sort of band, and I was thinking about this, they did transcend all kind of fans of music in a way. A bit like the Foo Fighters, a bit like Guns N' Roses. You can go to an ACDC gig, uh, which is normally a stadium, of course, and, um, you know, you'll rub shoulders with people who's, uh, you know, died in the war rock fans like us, but also folks who are, you know, ACDC is their only real sort of favourite rock band. I don't really like anything else but ACDC. Great, good on you. Um, so, um yeah, ACDC. Yeah, we we had to start with them, Brian. Have uh, you seen ACDC over the years? Of course, I have seen ACDC a few times. They always, always, always deliver. Love ACDC, and I have to say, um, if you want blood, you've got it. Is probably one of the best live albums ever. It's the just not far from you, of course. The Glasgow Apollo. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Nineteen seventy-eight. But talking about Glasgow, yes. here's my first A. Go on. I'm going to go with Alex Harvey. Okay. Mm, yeah, Alex Harvey. Um, you know, we could we could do all of the easy A's, couldn't we, Matt? We could, you so, know, we could we could talk about air supply and airborne yeah. and Aerosmith, Aerosmith, Alter Bridge, <laughs> and ABC. So, exactly. So to me, I just. <laughs> ABC. What? Yes. <laughs> you, I've got them in my mind from earlier. I was just thinking, are, are, you, are, you, are you prepping for another uh, another podcast, Matthew? For those about to pop, we salute you. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we didn't really develop that one, did we? We need to get back on that one. We, we that was about to 80s pop. We salute you. Anyway, yes. Anyway, uh, Alex Harvey Band. Alex the sensational Har Alex Harvey Band. The of sensational course. Alex Harvey Band. So, a band that was formed in 1972, fronted by Alex Harvey. Amazing uh, musicians, Azal Clemenson, Chris Glenn. Chris was in, uh, in Michael Cesar, as was Ted McKenna, who played along with Rory Gallagher as well, too. So, one of the early sort of theatrical rock bands. And, mm. and, Songs like Midnight Moses, recently covered by the Dead Daisies. Um, I love Faith Healer. Uh, again, an excuse to put Faith Healer on the playlist and the mm -hmm. Boston Tea Party. And for those people who watch the Old Grey Whistle Test, whenever you see the um, the footage of them doing Delilah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Unbelievable. Isn't it Fantastic. just? That is a really tremendous shout. Alex Harvey uh, sadly died uh, very young, relatively, uh, at a heart attack a day, the day before his 47th birthday. Wow. Um, back in 1982. And, um, yeah, I mean, a, an amazing personality. And, as you say, a, a, one of those classic kind of 70s quirky rock bands uh, that are still 
very much kind of lauded to this day. As you say, you, you, you will hear uh, the, the songs you mentioned, as you said, uh, quite often covered by other bands. So that's a great shout. Yeah. Right. One of, the, one of the other A's I thought of when we, when we discussed this little spot was A is for air guitar. <laughs> now, the, the air guitar is as much maligned. I think. In fact, someone sent me, in fact, Richard Monk, one of our listeners, hello, Richard, uh, sent me an article uh, a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I think it was from The Guardian uh, or something similar, where in um, there was a survey of, I think it was 18 to 28-year-olds felt that um, the air guitar was the single most embarrassing thing um, that they, they thought... Um, I guess people could do along with the double thumbs up which is a bit odd I thought but if you're a rock fan I think you know air guitar air drumming air keyboards air anything you, you know you, you'll go with it won't you famously if you go to a Rush gig if you went to a Rush gig you'd, you'd see most of the first six or seven rows air drumming along with uh, Neil Peart of course and um there's nothing like getting the old air guitar out, right? I mean, they, they do, they are prone to going out of tune, of course. We've, we've discussed that. Uh, and you do end up losing them quite regularly, of course. They're, once you put them down, it's very difficult to find them again. But uh, I've, I've no problem with the air guitar. You, know, you, you like a bit of it. I mean, you're not very good at, obviously, the guitar or the air guitar, but you don't mind a bit of strumming on the old uh, air axe, do you? Oh, my goodness. I, I can remember going to. Um Disco, discos before my university days. I remember, I remember going to discos and you would a long have. Long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, a long time ago, and you would uh, you would have the you'd have the heavy metal rock section <laughs> of the yep. disco, and you'd have you would have, obviously you would have um, again ACDC with a whole lot of Rosie potentially Caroline by um, by status quo so you had your head banging and we were all doing our Anguses and and but I remember the I think it was the documentary um, by Iron Maiden and do you remember the, the Neil Kay uh, mm. who was the, the the London DJ so you they were they were showing footage of the uh, of the mid to late 70s um, and you had people coming, uh, coming with air. You had your air guitarists, <laughs> and then you had people who came <laughs> with the cardboard guitars. It's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I actually had one. I actually made one. Uh, I think it was a Flying V. This is about 1980-81, because it was a thing. You're right. I mean, people would make them either out of cardboard or plywood, depending on how good you were at. Uh, you know, woodwork and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm pretty pretty confident I had a a, a flying V, maybe a Strat, I can't remember now, um, made out of cardboard, unless I dreamt it, which is always a possibility. <laughs> but there you go, A is for air guitar, air drums, air keyboards, air, whatever you want to do, just do it. And don't worry about what they said in The Guardian, where, as I say, 18 to 20, 18 to 29-year-olds felt that uh, playing the air guitar was the most cringeworthy and old-fashioned, uncool gesture to do. Which I think is a bit unfair. Unfair. Also within the A's, Matthew. Yes. And this, this only, in my view, this only happens in rock. Yes. <laughs> I'm all ears. Hey, y'all, it, it, it is... The anthology. Oh yes. How many albums do you have in your collection where you have anthologies? I've got loads. I've got I've got a Mama's Boys anthology. I've got a mm-hmm. Gary Moore anthology. I have oh, I've got more anthologies than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. And do you actually know what an anthology is, Matt? Uh, no, no. Not really. I mean, I suppose it's like a you know a series of the of the best of our best of albums. Maybe I don't know the that, best songs or something. You're so close that the the definition in the dictionary, mm. Ox, Oxford English Dictionary, Ooh, a collection cool. of songs or musical compositions issued on one yes. album. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is, a, it is a much used word in the world of rock, isn't it? Maybe it's um. It's supposed to give it that kind of grandiose kind gravitas. Of gravitas. <laughs> yes, here's an anthology, guys. Do you mean it's the greatest hits? No, it's an anthology. 
Oh, okay. Is it a best of? <laughs> no. So it's not a best of or a greatest hits. It's an anthology. Okay. Uh, I know what you mean. Yes, indeed. You can't beat an anthology. You can't. Can you? Can you? Um, you got any more for us? Finally, Brian. And you got a good one, haven't you? I have. I have. A is also for. Where else do you have aliases? And yes. you know who? What are the you know who else is going to be called Star Child? I know. I know. Nowhere in nowhere than in. I thought about this many times actually. Aliases, stage names, alter egos. Yep. Call them what you will. Alter ego, another A, of course. Um, nowhere other than in rock have you got so many. Uh, you know, uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are not their real names. No. I'm Vice and uh, Stanley Ison, for example. Uh, Slash, as you say, AKA Saul Hudson, and yep. so on. Yep. There are loads. A is for aliases. Yes. Lemmy, famously Ian Kilmister. Um, christened Lemmy because he was always asking people to lem- Lemmy a fiver. Is that what it is? Um, I never knew that. It's true. Yeah. Geezer Butler, because when he was a little lad, he called everyone a geezer for some reason. So they decided to call him Geezer and, and Ozzy and so on. There are so many, you're right. It's littered with aliases. Exactly. A is for aliases. We might have to come back to that one, Brian, under S is for stage names. <laughs> Once everyone's forgotten, A is for aliases. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so if you got it, that's the, that's, that's the first in the series of A to Z of rock. If you've got any others, boys and girls, listeners, then let us know. Uh, we we're obviously always happy to hear from you. And um, next time, of course, Brian, I've got a feeling it'll be B. I B for so. Brian. B for Brian. Which, it... which, of course, will be close to your B for birthday. It, w- it will be. At the, end of, at the end of March, of course. There you go. It all falls into place. Exactly. I'll be legally able to drink. <laughs> Again. <laughs> for the fourth or fifth time. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. So, Matt, just following on from the A to Z of rock, and you mentioned ACDC. Yes. Famously, ACDC features two siblings. So, Dude. this next feature is where we're going to talk through our top three or four, five, six rock and roll siblings. So, who have you got? Nice. Right. So, rock and roll brothers and sisters, sisters and sisters... Brothers and brothers, I guess. So um, number three on my list is Ray and Dave Davis of the Kinks. And I'll tell you why. Because back in 1965, I think it was, which was a very good year for obvious reasons, um, they essentially invented rock with uh, <laughs> that's quite there a bold statement isn't it <laughs> exactly. end podcast there the kinks invented rock, rock. That's, dropped it's, the mic. 96, it's 1964 which is also a good year but not as good as 1965 <laughs> which is the year I was born of course um, yeah so back in 1964 they released what a lot of people say is the earliest ever rock song in You Really Got Me, covered by pretty much every single pub rock band <laughs> there's ever been. Yep. And indeed, famously covered by Van Halen, who we may come on to talk about later. We may do. So, um, yeah, number one, or rather number three, first on my list is The Kinks. And we talked about them, actually, didn't we, last episode. They're still going strong all these years later. Um, Sir Ray Davis, of course, um, who is now in his late 70s. And they've got a new album coming out, I think, uh, sometime this year. So, um, you know, we wish them well. You know, a long way to continue. But, I mean, some amazing songs over the years, the kinks. Um, from uh, Lola, of course, You Really Got Me, All Day and All the Night, Waterloo Sunset. Um, just, just amazing. So, um Yep. First on my list, uh, Ray and Dave Davis of the Kinks. So, following on from the uh, from the brothers, the brothers Davis, 
I give you the Brothers Robinson, the Chris mm. and Rich Robinson from from the Black Crows, Matthew. Probably yes. the best Rolling Stones tribute band there's ever been. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That is harsh. <laughs> well, let's 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 be honest. Shake when Shake Your Moneymaker came out and the hard to handle single came out. Let's be honest. What were we all thinking? It was it was that time, wasn't it? The you know the Black Crows, the Choir Boys. It was like everybody wanted to play good time rock and roll, uh, and be either the faces of the Rolling Stones. So uh, yes, the the siblings at Robinson who have split up and reunited, and oh, it's been a real roller coaster. But um, I have to say, they've got a new live album coming out very very soon. Um, and they were recording last year. They put out some uh, new material, uh, which was an EP, 1972, which was loads of cover versions of songs that were released in 1972. So, uh, right. yeah, but uh, they've had their they've had their their challenges. And I love the fact, and we've probably talked about it as a hidden gem, the the fact that the Black Crows recorded with Jimmy Page, and. Jimmy Page really wanted to go in the studio and write and record with uh, with the brothers Robinson and Rich didn't fancy it, isn't it? No, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, live at the Greek, of course, from two thousand. We had that as a hidden gem. It was it's a great album. Great album. Yeah. And great singer. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, a great opportunity to put loads of Black Crow songs on the uh, on the place. Of course, Jealous again. My my own personal favourite. Uh, she talks to angels. Hard to handle. Uh, great cover, of course. Again, done by pretty much every pub rock band there's ever been. Um, Remedy and so on. Um, yeah, great shout. As you say, not always the best of friends, but uh, some fantastic music over the last what thirty odd years. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're worth seeing if you, if they do tour again. They do tour intermittently. If they finished a tour, I think, in this country last year. Um, well, we're checking out a really good live act. Um, yeah, good shout, Brian. Yep. Um, there are, as I said, there's loads to choose from. I'm going to come somewhat uh, up to date. And uh, a band that we've mentioned a few times um, over the months. And um, that band is. Um, it's Hailstorm. I knew you'd go there. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, fronted by um, fronted by Lizzie Hale, uh, who's, an, as we said before, an absolutely amazing singer, guitarist, front front woman, front person. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as, you, as we've said before, can, 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 can scream, can do the kind of more mellow songs. And uh, complimented by a complete nutcase brother on the drums, <laughs> RJ Hale, who, again, if you've seen, um, if you've seen Hailstorm, you know what I mean. I mean, a showman drummer, if ever there was one. Um, yes, the big massive drumsticks. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Compliment, complimented by Joe Hodginger and Josh Smith on uh, bass and uh, rhythm guitar, uh, uh, um, respectively. Um but yeah, I mean, one of those bands uh, that essentially were, I guess, the 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 kind of epitome of the sibling band in that they basically started out as just the two of them uh, back when they were kids, um, and uh, you know, uh, with RG playing the drums and, as I say, Lizzie playing guitar, singing, uh, massively influenced by classic rock, and um, and have been going since uh, the mid two thousands, two thousand six. Um, and I guess that's the, as I say, the essence of, of being in a band with your brother or sister. You know, you, you they're there if you're both playing. Then why not form a band? And I guess many of the many of the acts that we're talking about essentially did that. I know that um, the, the Youngs obviously were were together in a, in 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 a band and formed ACDC together. The Hales, the Davises, we talked about. If you're going to be in a band, and you might be might be in a band with your with your brother and sister. So. Um, as I say, uh, an archetypal case is uh, Hailstorm. So, we're, again, another great excuse to put some more Hailstorm songs <laughs> on the old uh, playlist. And again, as we said before, 
if if they are touring uh, wherever you are in the world go out and see them um often on tour as an opening act or in their own right or at festivals we're hoping, we're hoping to see them in this country in some festivals this year so um yeah next on my list is hailstorm featuring rj and lizzie hale and not that we've planned this in any way at all matthew i'm mm. actually going to pick uh my next siblings are massive uh influences on lizzie hale um is the Wilson sisters from Heart. Um, yeah. They, they um, I think Lizzie, Lizzie Hale um, is quoted as, Heart were the first female-fronted band I heard and was influenced by. And she said, I heard Heart and it was like, oh, singing like that as a girl is actually a thing to do so mm. I, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with hearts and and nancy wilson for you know formed in 1973 probably started out more as a folk rock band in the early days yep. um and then really the mainstream success you know with the um the wonderful Barracuda single. <laughs> Anybody yep. who tries to cover that song, and we've seen Nathan <laughs> Nathan James oh, cover yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it's a fabulous song. You need to have a, a real set of pipes um, to be able to sing um, to sing Barracuda. They went to the uh, the mid eighties when they had their let's just say their uh, their hair metal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, resurgence. Resurgence. Um, But a massive influential band, um, uh, you know, very active in the Seattle scene, um, much coveted by the the grunge scene. Uh, I know that Jerry Cantrell um, has... Uh, you know, has worked with uh, Nancy in particular with the Lovemongers. Um, such an influential band. And I know probably for those of us that are on social media, the, the one thing at the moment that is usually on YouTube or Facebook is when Anne and Nancy with Jason Bonham played Stairway to Heaven um, yeah. for the Led Amazing. Zeppelin, yeah, John F. Kennedy honours. Um, so I couldn't, you know, I could not include the, the Anne and Nancy because they're phenomenal siblings, you know, great guitarist and and Anne, Anne Wilson's just an amazing singer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who's your number, so number one then? Well, number one is also uh, a set of phenomenal siblings. And um, we mentioned them many, many times. In fact, I think we mentioned um, Eddie Van Halen on our first ever podcast back in the middle of 2020 i'm going to go with the van halen brothers alex and eddie of course is probably the probably one of the two sets of most influential siblings that there's been in rock um uh, originally from uh, the netherlands of course uh moved to the us in the in the late 60s uh formed van halen um in uh, Pasadena, California, as Mammoth, of course, yep. back in 1973. Um, acquired one, David Lee Roth as their singer, and, um, and Michael Lenty, of course, as the bass player. And and the rest is largely history. Um, I think back in the day, they weren't, they weren't going to be um, quite the uh, performers they were going to be. I think Alex Van Halen was originally the... Uh, wanted to be the guitarist and Eddie Van Halen wanted to play um piano from memory really okay um, but but obviously they uh they changed changed instruments let's say and uh, uh as i said the rest is history but i mean just an amazing catalog and and, and to an extent as we've said the legacy continues with uh, with uh, Eddie's son um Wolfgang who we've seen uh, and we talked about his uh, debut album i think it was the uh, album of 2021 for both of us, I think. Um, so the legacy of the great Van Halen's continued, but yeah, the the for me the uh, probably up there with the Youngs as the archetypal um, siblings in rock, Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Over to you, Bright. Follow that. I'm young torn. Man. I'm to- well. How can you follow the Van Halen brothers? Um, so I'm going to go back on to safe ground for me, young man. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with the Picaro brothers. Wow. Um, yes, of Picar- course. Who were the backbone of the band. And I know you just like me saying this, Toro. <laughs> Toro. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? The more we talk about this, I'm so looking forward to the playlist because we're going to have Toto. <laughs> we're going to have ACDC. We're going to have Van Halen. It's going to be the greatest playlist ever. It is. It is. It is. It is. It'll be an anthology. Indeed. <laughs> Aliases. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I'm going with yeah for the for the bro- the the brothers Picaro. Um, Toto was formed in 1977. As for those of you who listen to podcasts, you know I'm a massive uh, Toto fan. Founded by David Page and Jeff Picaro, who was a drummer. Jeff Picaro, probably one of the most recorded drummers of all time uh, as a session player. Um, his brother Steve Picaro, who who allegedly um, David Pace, who was one of the writers of Rosanna, Steve Picaro was the boyfriend of Rosanna Arquette. So a lot uh, there was been a lot of stories that you know was Rosanna Ar- Ar- Rosanna Arquette the the inspiration for the lyrics for Rosanna, um, and Steve was the keyboard player. Steve Steve was always in and out of the band. I know he he, he was. He, uh, Probably one of the um, most cutting-edge keyboard players um, in the '80s. You know, a sound architect. You know, soundscapes. Mm. But then wow. the younger, um, the the youngest brother, Mike Picaro, and Mike joined as the bass player um, uh, in the in the in the early '80s. Sadly, M- Mike contracted ALS and passed away. So um, there's been three brothers. In Toto, um, sadly, no Picaros in the band in Toto these days. It's predominantly Steve Lukather, who was um, best friends with Eddie Van Halen, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and they're yep. still touring and they're still sounding great. So I'm going to go with my number one brothers as the Picaro brothers from Toto. Very good. That is excellent. As I say, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the playlist as we speak. Loads of other more more uh, notable mentions than we have time to mention, but um, <laughs> I'm sure you get your own favourites, siblings and bands. Um, and uh, if you do, of course, let us know at uh, on on Facebook or indeed at at FTAT Pod on Twitter. So that was good, Brian. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed that. So Brian, that brings us to unsung heroes. Not sure where to keep that as the jingle. Uh, we've only got one this week, um, and uh, it's well-deserved, actually. So my unsung hero is um, someone called Ian Blundell. Now, who's he, you're wondering? Well, Ian Blundell was a teacher at my school, and I want to give him a shout-out. I'm not sure he's still with us. Um, I'm hoping he still is. Um, but he was, uh, I mentioned him a couple of times, he used to take us in the school minibus to gigs in the early 80s. And uh, thanks to Mr Blundell, uh, uh, a group of us went to see ACDC at Wembley Arena in 1982 on the Flows Battle Rock Tour. We also saw uh, Status Quo at uh, Hammersmith Odeon back in 1982. And also he took my friend Kelvin... Well, Alfred Kelvin, I should say, to uh, see Gillen, uh, Ipswich, Gaumont. And uh, I think that's the, the straw that broke the camel's back, possibly the last time he took everyone on, on such an excursion because uh, everyone decided to go backstage to meet the Gillen band and kept Mr Blundell waiting in the car park. Oh, bless. Uh, <laughs> on, I think, a Sunday night or a Monday night or something like that. So to all teachers who uh, have driven kids to gigs or indeed started rock clubs, or encouraged kids to play instruments and enjoy music. And that's a lot of folks from our friend Matt's uh, teacher, Mr Gray, who started Rock Club, which is a great, great idea when you think about it. <laughs> kids having rock club at school. Um, to all teachers that have ever done anything like that, or encouraged kids to pick up instruments or play drums or sing or, or go to gigs, then... Uh, we recognise you as as unsung heroes for this episode, and particularly Mr. Ian Blundell of Thetford Grammar School in the early 80s. There you go. Unsung heroes for this time, Brian. Great shot. Thank you. Great Did you have any teachers that were massively influential on your um, mediocre guitar playing, Brian? 
<laughs> I do. Um, in terms of teachers, I always remember um, as a, before I went off to university, Matt, I mm. always remember on a Saturday morning when I used to go orienteering. Right. I went orienteering a Saturday morning and Mr. Bogle, who took us orienteering, our head of maths, l- l- allowed us to play status quo on the on the uh, on the bus as we travelled, so it would just wow. be yeah, you'd be travelling all over Northern Ireland, and you'd be having twelve gold bars. Fantastic! <laughs> and we're all sitting at the back with our with our double denim, uh, listening to Status Quo. So Mr. Bogle was very instrumental in uh, in my love of Status Quo and Fender very Telecasters. Good. So, Brian, yes, this brings us to. Everyone's favourite hidden gym time. Thank you, Lola. As always, so I'll go first this time, Brian. Okay. Change. I think the first time in 44 episodes, I am going to prompt myself, push myself forward, go first in hidden gem time. But album. The floor is yours. Thank you. I've got, uh, I've got an album from 2016. By Toesland. Remember Toesland? I do indeed. We saw them at uh, this much maligned Rambling Man Fair. Still, yes, indeed. Uh, fronted by James Toesland, Toesland, who was a famous uh, professional motorcyclist. Motorbiking. Turn, turned, um, Chris Spedding. Turned. Um, Womble. Turned, turned singer. Yes, indeed. Turned singer. Had a pretty good singer, too. And uh, he had a couple of albums out. My uh, my favourite album of his uh, anthology, that's the right expression, <laughs> is an album, I say, from 2016 called Cradle the Rage. Check it out. We put some songs on the playlist. Uh, standout song is Puppet on a Chain. Uh, other songs, uh, it's quite a cynical album. Co-written with uh, Toby Jepsen from uh, Wayward Sons and Little Angels. Um uh, also, too close to call. Uh, Stranger Things is pretty good, and so on. Loads of good songs in the album. Uh, my favourite song, as I say, is "Puppet on a Chain," which is a um, a fairly derogatory look at the whole kind of TV talent show um, phenomenon, which is ongoing in uh, well globally, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, "Cradle of Rage" by Toesland. Check it out. What you got for us, Brian? How can I top Toesland? I am going to go for. As it's coming up to St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to choose an album, a covers album, which celebrates the music of Mr. Rory Gallagher, sadly missed. And it is a cover album which was recorded by the wonderful Bernie Marsden, who we love dearly. Um, Bernie Bernie recorded an album in 2008 um, with some of Rory's backing bands, and and the album is called... Bernie plays Rory, um, great guitarist on the album that we that we love. Who's in FM? Jim Fitzpatrick, who is actually out playing in the Jerry McAvoy's band, the Band of Friends, which celebrates Rory's music. So my hidden gem for this episode is Bernie Marsden's celebration of the music of Rory Gallagher, and the album is called Bernie Plays Rory. So go out and listen to it. It's good. Very, very very good. Well, I'll put a few songs from that on the playlist, of course. We shall indeed. Yeah, looking forward to this playlist, Mm. this episode. Episode 44 playlist. Go out and listen to it, everyone, as soon as it it drops. Is that what the kids say? That's what the kids say, isn't it? They do, yeah. How are the kids, by the way? You heard from them, are they doing all right? They're they're studying. They've got got their exams coming up. Oh, yeah, of course, mock mock GCSEs and all that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, GC doing the rule levels. Exactly. <laughs> Say hello to him for me if you if you've seen him, the kid the kids. That's it. Done. Episode forty four in the bag. We are marching, marching We're to marching fifty. Marching on to the big five. Oh, we should do something for our fiftieth. Uh, I guess have a party or something. Uh, I guess. Well, we'll see how that plays out. We can we can we can always invite our. Was it? What are we up to now? Fourteen listeners. 15? Yeah, 14, 14, 15. We can have a party with our fourteen listeners. We could hire a small area in a pub in 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 Edinburgh. Yeah. And uh, have a little party with our 14 listeners. That'd be fun. Um, 
Yeah, we thank you all for listening, of course. We know we've got more than 40 listeners. And we thank you for listening, of course. And uh, keep the faith. Be good to you, yourselves and each other. And please donate to our charity, Shelter. As I say, you might get uh, your hands on The Lives of Brian or indeed a, goes back to Poppy's look, you mug. Much covered in mug. Indeed. There's not many. No. About 50 and produced or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And now that, uh, now that Popmaster is no longer on Radio 2, it, it now becomes... Yes, indeed. You know, it's the holy grail of pop mugs. Rock mugs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Very good analogy, Briar. Uh, one of our mugs is very similar to the Holy Grail. Yes, I like that. Right, so we'll see you all next time. Episode 45. Looking the forward to it. B. Brought to you by the letter B. <laughs> see you then. See you later. Bye now. Bye now. Those about pod, we salute you. Is a uh, Maylie Rogers production.